Welcome to the Cosmic Collective Podcast. I'm your host and psychic medium, Mads, and in this community, we talk about all things spiritual awakening, higher consciousness, and unlocking the path back to your soul. Welcome to the Collective. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am once again very, very excited to dive into today's episode. You've seen the title. We are doing part two of the dimensions in a sense. We are talking about star seeds and light workers. And I'm also going to tell you how to know if you are one. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the different types of star seeds and the three different waves of star seeds who have incarnated onto earth in the past century or so and uh yeah we're gonna touch a little bit on horizontal dimensions today because last week we talked about vertical dimensions going through your ascension navigating from you know first dimensional consciousness all the way up to seventh in this beautiful crazy human experience and so i really want to dive into um, horizontal dimensions today a little bit after we talk about star seeds um, because it's kind of cool it's kind of a vibe I think it's super interesting um, to talk about how other super intelligent loving beings and life forms of consciousness exist on different planets um, this is definitely not an episode for those of you who are not into the super woo woo of the woo um, it's it's I mean, you can listen to it. It's just it might be uh, it might be quite interesting for you. It might be a little bit of a shock um, for for some of you who are very new into this. But uh, I encourage you to listen anyway with an open mind and an open heart. And I am very stoked to get into this. So let me stop my blabbering tangent and let's just get into it, shall we? So. Star seeds. Where do I even begin? Well, let's begin with this. I'm a star seed. I feel like that's probably pretty evident uh, given the content and the things that I share. A little bit about me as a as a star seed. Um, I have pretty well full soul memory. Um, so it's two 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 on my recording. I cannot. Um, I can't. I can't deal with this sometimes. It's just too much. It's just too funny. Um, I, I have pretty well all of my, my soul memory, um, which basically all that means is that I can remember my past lives, um, some of them in quite exquisite detail, which if you saw my stories last week, um, when I was talking about my lifetime in Germany, I kind of shared a little bit about that. And I know I asked you guys in a poll, like, would you prefer this episode that we are currently doing that you're listening to right now or my past life Um, and I'm not gonna lie most of you voted for my past life but I don't think I don't think I'm just I don't think I'm ready yet Um, I think yeah let's just leave it at that I don't think I'm ready to share all the details yet because it was a really tough it was honestly a really tough lifetime Um, and I don't know if I want to go there right now but I promise you your interest has been heard I will share it eventually but Back to soul memory. With my soul memory, um, not only do I remember my past lives on Earth, but I actually remember living in other planetary systems in the higher dimensions. 
And most notably, I do remember the space that I was in, quite literally, like I guess the space, um, the dimension I was in when I was creating my current earth contract. Um, and I remember a lot from being in like the, the eighth and ninth dimension. Um, so that is how I am able to not only remember my own uh, memories, um, but it's also how I have um, pretty easy access to all of the cosmic information and wisdom that I share with you all. It's how I've been able to become a kundalini practitioner and activate the awakenings. I just saw 444. This is fucked. Um, but it's also how I've been able to um, do what I do for work and activate kundalini awakenings in um, other humans, which is really, really cool, activating their crystalline DNA. Um, and so that's just a little bit about me and how I'm able to share this information with you. And of course, take it as it resonates for you. I'm just here to be a conduit, a vessel um, for all of the interdimensional knowledge that I have. And if you're a human who wants to hear it, then amazing. <laughs> so um, star seeds, essentially, um, not essentially, they just are <laughs> um, souls that do not originate from Earth. And if you're wondering, are there souls that do originate from Earth? Yes, there are. There are millions of souls who originate from Earth. They are known as Gaia's people. And um, going back a long time ago, like pre-colonization, um, this would have been the indigenous tribes, the human indigenous tribes um, and cultures that existed freely on the Earth. And we can talk a little bit more about that another time, but... Um, they are Gaia's people, so they are like earth souls, and so they are different, um, and we are, as starseeds, different from them. But really, at the end of the day, we are one and the same. We all come from source consciousness, from the unified field of consciousness, and so that's really just like the most important thing to remember in all of this. But basically, what a starseed is um, it's interchangeable with light worker as well um, because star seeds, for the most part, are light workers. There are um, two or three groups of star seeds that are really not um, positive. We're not going to talk about them at all because we don't need to give that any kind of energy. Um, but they would be the ones, they are the ones who are the cause for all the destruction on the planet. We don't need to get into that just yet. Um, it's not really like my kind of vibe to like dive into that. Um, I really like explaining all about the light work and positive star seeds who are here to fix all the damage that the tyrannical ones are doing. Um, and realistically, the light worker star seeds like far surpass the amount of non-light worker um, star seeds. And for those of you curious, because I can kind of like get in this stream of thought here, um, basically, what separates a light worker star seed from like another type of like, I guess, alien soul origin being in a human um, is that those who are not of the light have chosen in the higher dimensions on a soul level to disconnect from source, to disconnect from the unified field of consciousness. Um, so they operate in these like really weird, tyrannical, dark terms, conditions, and experiences. It's really not my vibe. So back to the good stuff. <laughs> um, lightworker star seeds, um, are really, really incredible. They are souls who come from 
all over the Milky Way galaxy. And we actually um, also have starseeds from another galaxy who have um, incarnated on Earth to really help us with the planet's collective ascension um, in consciousness to move Earth into a physical, fifth dimensional um, planetary body, which is super cool. I'm going to talk about them a little bit too. Um, and um, other star seeds typically just come from the Milky Way galaxy, which is also really freaking cool. So, what is a star seed? It's a soul. Everyone has a soul, every human being on the planet has a soul. For all technical terms, you're actually half of a soul. You are either yin or yang. And some of you have incarnated both halves of your soul into two different bodies, which is known as the twin flame, um, which is, we're going to talk about that eventually. Um, and some of you have incarnated incarnated as one half of your soul into one body and the other half of your soul is guiding you from above. Um, and that is super, super cool too. But regardless of how you've chosen to incarnate your soul, um, you may not come from this planet. And there are very evident signs that you are a star seed. And let's just kind of go through the points here. So if you're a star seed, you don't feel at home on this planet. Um, you'll feel very out of place. Some places feel maybe like a little bit more like resonant. Um, kind of like how Germany like feels like home to me, but the planet itself doesn't feel like home. And you'll also kind of experience this like homesickness um, that you can't describe. It's kind of like you're missing a place that you don't remember consciously. And that's because of the soul amnesia that happens um, whenever you incarnate as a human, which we're going to talk about in a coming episode as well. Um, if you've been told that you're an old soul, then hint, hint, you're a starseed. Um, if you're extremely empathic and find that you absorb other people's emotions or energies, which sometimes isn't always obvious, but you can like really, really feel what other people are feeling, that's a sign as well. If you have an interest in conspiracy theories, I say this with like quotes because that's a whole other conversation to have, but if you're if you're drawn and interested in conspiracy theories and you actually understand how they make sense in the macrocosmic perspective, you're a starseed. If the structure of Earth systems um, make absolutely no sense to you, then you're absolutely a starseed. And by Earth systems and structures, what I mean by that is governance, how there are you know trillionaires in the world, but yet people who still don't have clean water and access to food if those kinds of systems and structures don't make sense to you because it seems like such an easy solution because it is um then you're a star seed if you gravitate towards holistic and natural healing remedies star seed <laughs> and obviously if you're intuitive which you might think i don't know i don't think i'm intuitive but if you're resonating with some of these other points, then you're intuitive. You just have to remember that you are because when you contract an earth life, and I want to do a whole episode on like contracting earth school as an incarnation because that's what we call it from the higher dimensions. Earth is just earth school. Like it's literally somewhere where you go to school. And I think I said it in the last episode, like, or I've said it in one episode, maybe it's not released yet. Like I wake up and like, I feel like I'm at work. Like, I, I know I'm just here 
to work and to help and like not in like a workaholic kind of sense but like I know I'm contracted here for a job and that's kind of what it'll feel like for some of you as well and when you contract coming to earth you know that you're entering such a low dimension a third dimensional um, planetary structure cosmic body that uh, you're going to forget who you are entirely as a soul and it's going to take you lifetimes to um, wake up on the planet and then even when you wake up on the planet it's going to take you a couple of lifetimes to remember who you are as a soul and why you've been incarnating on the planet what your soul purpose is um, and this is why I do the work that I do because being someone that remembers exactly why she came here as someone who's on her ninth and final fucking earth lifetime um, and as someone who specializes in soul contracts both on the spirit side and the earth side um, my role here is to help you remember your soul remember your soul contract um, and fulfill your soul's purpose so that you can advance your soul both in the human sense and in the soul sense. So these are some different signs that you're a star seed and you're intuitive. You just need to remember that you're intuitive and I'll be sharing like a whole bunch of tips and everything for that as well. But let's talk about a couple star seed groups that you may have heard of. The most notable ones that I feel have been going around kind of as the dawn of the great awakening in the collective has been taking place um, has been the Pleiadians and they're really 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 cool we're actually as a planet trying to not mimic because it's really unique but we are being heavily assisted by Pleiadians um, in our collective ascension because Pleiades um, the star cluster the seven sisters if you've heard of it it looks like seven stars in the sky those are the ones that you can see it's actually filled with I think like a couple hundred different stars in the entire Pleiades cluster. Their planetary systems, especially their fifth dimensional ones, really like mimic similar qualities of earth life. Like there's um, biodiversity in the Pleiades. I remember being up there quite a bit actually and I've, I've visited since being on earth, which I know I sound crazy. I promise I'm not the only one only star seed who's capable of this and what's really cool about the pleiades um they they exist like fifth dimensionally to ninth dimensionally from what i remember but it's so so cool over there like you awaken to your soul so let's say you choose to have like a birth incarnation in the pleiades so you want to like have kind of what like a human experience would be like but like the pleiades version of it when you incarnate um, in the Pleiades, by the time you are like eight years old, you fully remember your soul, um, which you're probably thinking eight years old, how can an eight-year-old handle that? Um, but it's a little bit different up there because it's not as chaotic, like by any means. Um, it's a lot more unified up there and they don't struggle with ego confinement in, in the Pleiades. Everyone's living at least fifth dimensionally, which is a really, really beautiful thing. And if you don't know what that means, definitely go back and listen to my episode from last week because um, you'll understand kind of like what that kind of lifestyle looks like. But everything in the Pleiades is an exchange system. Um, there's no financial system over there. So basically, if you were to, let's say, end this incarnation, your, ex your, your earth incarnation has expired, which means you've naturally died um, from your physical human body. 
and your soul decided, I want to go take a vacation in the Pleiades. You don't want to have an incarnation there. You just want to take like a bit of a soul rest, which you can do, by the way. It's kind of cool. <laughs> um, when you show up and you arrive on one of the planets in Pleiades, they will say, okay, like this planet is like this. It's like mountainous. It's um, very nature naturistic. Um, this other planet is more jungle-like. This other planet is more beach-like. This other planet has all four of these different kinds of um, nature type of um, scenic energies. Um, it's a little bit more holographic over there, quite a bit more holographic, but there is still a physical form, which I think is what people like, don't understand about higher dimensions, but I'm happy to inform and I don't know if you guys just heard those sirens, but I took that as a huge confirmation. Um, that was cute. Going back to what I was saying, if you chose to have a soul rest in the Pleiades, um, you have to have a home, you need food. And there would be a whole community of people who would be like, okay, how do you want your home to look? Let's help you build it. Um, here are some bananas and, you know, like you would help them out in the future in some way. Everything is an exchange system and it is really, really, really cool. It's like the system that makes so 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 much sense to me i've incarnated there quite a few times um i often do like a lot of work there it's like kind of like an office if if you will i have some more information about the pleiades but for the sake of this episode and for how early we are in the podcast i kind of just want to leave it at that but also they will awaken fully by the time that they're eight years old so um let's say you've gone through uh, a Pleiades incarnation, um, but you've also incarnated on earth before. And let's say you're taking a little break, incarnating in the Pleiades first to process some stuff. Um, by eight years old, you will remember all of your earth lives. You'll remember every lifetime before that. You'll remember who your soul is. Um, so the growth aspect in Pleiades is, is quite a bit different than on earth. And some of you are probably thinking, I can feel some emotion from some of you listening to this podcast. Cause again, time is not linear. <laughs> And if you're feeling emotional while I talk about Pleiades, you probably have a connect there, whether your soul was born there or um, you spent a lot of time there and know that you are like fully supported by your soul family. So just keep that in mind and you can always go back. Don't, don't forget that. Like you're just on a pit stop on earth. You're not here permanently. Don't you worry, my little starseed friends. You're going to be okay. Another group of... Um, star seeds that I have connected with a lot and I actually spend I would say like 80 to 90 percent of my consciousness in this system uh, this star system in the higher dimensions is the Arcturian star seeds Arcturians I even will probably get emotional as I talk about this are exquisite souls um, and I don't I'm not Arcturian but I, I have a huge connection with them because they work a lot in um, the biological advancement of the human, um, but they also work in programming different timelines for, honestly, not even just Earth, but um, a lot of different star systems. It's a really positive thing because basically you're just creating possibilities for people to experience and in the dimensions where this happens, it's dimensions eight and nine. So it's all positive. There's like no negativity, no darkness that can surpass. Um, and the sirens are going off again. So another confirmation. But there's no darkness that can pass um, or go through or get to these dimensions because they vibrate too low because they're disconnected from source. 
So they only exist up until the sixth dimension. And these program timelines that the Arcturians program are um, in the eighth and ninth dimension. And um, I've, I've spent a lot of time working there, um, my whole soul, because in the eighth and ninth dimension, this is where you will be both yin and yang in one like body. The Pleiadians, um, not the Pleiadians, the Arcturians are, are, are really these cool beings. They resemble the most of aliens. Sometimes they are like these like bright white light figures, like these tall, lanky, like bright white light beings, like energy beings. And sometimes they are also um, like more of like a teal, purple, typical alien like looking um, being. And they have um, three fingers, I guess. Um, but the this is going to sound so scary for some of you, but it's actually like the coolest thing because it's used, the way that their fingers are made is used to touch the holographic screens that help program different matrixes all across the galaxy. It's like the fucking coolest thing. But their fingers, they have three fingers and they have kind of like these like little like suction cups on each finger, <laughs> but they're not suction cups. Um, they're just like, they transmit, um, electrical, chem like electrical energy waves, like frequency waves. It's really cool. And if you're wondering, sorry, I didn't explain what a, a Pleiadian looked like, but, uh, Pleiadians look really humanoid. Um, so they're, they're bipedal. Um, they basically look exactly like us. Our form actually was, um, is part of like, we have Pleiadian genetics in the modern human. Um, they were part of seeding the modern human. And that's why we like resemble them so much. That's why they're helping us so much, except for they're very fair in, I guess, quote unquote skin color, but it's not skin. So that's like why, um, very, very fair, like almost like a white, almost like an ivory white. It's not really skin. Um, they're typically blonde haired with blue eyes. This is, I'm also talking about like, this is what they, this, this is what these beings look like in the higher dimensions. It's not what they look like in, in the physical. You can look like anything in the physical for many different reasons. Um, and the one thing about them is that they have bigger eyes and smaller mouths because they don't have to eat. A lot of these higher dimensional beings, they don't need biological food to exist because they're not um, biological in the way that we are, which I know is like very complex, but um, maybe we can kind of dive into that a little bit more another time. But going back to the Arcturians, the one thing that I remember most about Arcturus, so Arcturus is in the Boots constellation, and you can see it in the summer um, in North America. Um, at least that's when I can see it from like my view. Um, but it's in the Boots constellation, and um, the one thing that I remember the most, this is what like is gonna like hit my heart, um, is the sunsets. Um, I don't know if they're really sunsets from how I remember it. Maybe they are, but um, it's kind of what I equate it to. Maybe it's just like the sky and how I remember seeing it while being on the planet. I'm getting very emotional. <laughs> oh, I miss it. Um, the sky is purple, like violet purple. And yeah, it's super cool in, in Arcturus. Um, a lot of uh, Arcturians who incarnate are um, really into like advancing human biology, human technology in a holistic sense. Um, so they're very interested in sciences and stuff like that. But uh, in the higher dimensions, they're 
their lifetimes are really different. It's definitely more like a working relationship, although Arcturians and Pleiadians also have like romantic relationships. They have families, but like if you want to go and have a family and like a life experience, you go to Pleiades. If you want to go and have a soulful experience and contribute to the workings of the galaxy, you go to Arcturus. That's like the best way that I could describe it to you. And then um, there are Syrians. They come from Sirius B. They are actually very, very high dimensional beings, typically existing from seven to ninth dimensions. And um, they are, uh, they're a very positive um, star, like a higher, higher dimensional being. Um, but their role in the galaxy is to be very neutral and to basically help mediate between the not so light, you know, beings and the light beings. So um, they do a lot of negotiations. They're highly, highly intelligent, highly compassionate as well, um, but very, very neutral. Um, and they really try to help people find common ground. I have not ever been too serious other than for like one or two meetings um, that I, like it was literally like, I just like, this was a not while I was human. Neither was being an Arcturus. Yeah, I just remember going there for meetings. It's very bright. Just very, very, very bright. It's like walking into like a fully lit building. Like the like everything is glowing white. It's really cool. And then um, there are, of course, blue avians. Blue avians are a higher dimensional collective consciousness. Like the home of them is just like a big light source. And they take up the center of the galaxy. Um, so if you look at the Milky Way, there's like a really big sun in the center of the galaxy. And they um, occupy that as a collective consciousness. So rather than being like individually incarnated as a soul into a like body template or being, um, they are all just pure light consciousness. And they reside in the center of the Milky Way galaxy because their role is protection. They protect this galaxy. They protect different planets um, from as like, because blue avians will incarnate across the galaxy, um, but their home is their collective consciousness. It's not so much a planet, it's just their collective consciousness. And they act as kind of like this filtration system in, in the galaxy, making sure that only good things are going on, making sure that everything is evolving, free will is being honored. They make sure that all the cosmic laws across the galaxy and across space-time are being honored, um, which is a really important thing. And they're very, very technologically advanced. So when they do incarnate into a being, a blue avian, um, they will go to different star systems and kind of like help out and they'll be there for like contracted work. So blue avians, when they incarnate into their own individual soul, so the yin yang together, just them as a whole soul, uh, when they leave their collective consciousness, they will go and help different planetary systems um, as like friends and colleagues and just kind of take on a role. And a lot of them are, along with the Pleiadians, um, are docked in and around the Earth's atmosphere to help protect it because of all the really tyrannical, bad, crazy things that have been taking place on Earth for the last couple thousand years. And they are here to protect it and to make sure that um, 
things don't get out of hand. Um, and they're really making sure that the ascension of the earth and the ascension of humanity uh, collectively is protected and maintains its highest timeline. So that is um, the Blue Avians. And then we have um, the Andromedans. And this is um, the, the star group that I was talking to you about um, at the beginning a little bit where I said there's actually a group of star seeds who are not from this galaxy but are incarnating on Earth and in and around the Milky Way galaxy because they want to help us um, achieve higher dimensional frequencies, not even just on Earth, but across the galaxy. And these are Andromedans. And yes, of course, they come from the galaxy Andromeda. And Andromeda is our neighbor, is the closest galaxy to us. You may have heard different scientific communities saying, we are on a crash course with Andromeda. It's like, not exactly that. But anyways, Andromedans incarnate here to help advance technology and to do things very, very differently, very, very powerfully. Their entire galaxy has mastered unity consciousness. So they have a lot of wisdom to impart onto the Milky Way. And an Andromedan that you know, who is very famous, is Dr. Joe Dispenza. So that's a little bit about just like a handful of different starseed types. There are hundreds of thousands of starseed starseed types. We obviously can't get into them all. But um, what I kind of want to move into now is, you know the signs of what it's like to be a starseed. You know some of the starseed types. So now let's talk about the three different waves of starseeds. Um, I think Dolores Cannon, the way she referred to this was the three waves of volunteers, um, which is essentially, it's like literally the exact same thing. So I kind of want to talk about them. There are three different waves, the indigo, crystal, and rainbow children. The indigo children incarnated from the 40s to 60s. Some people say the 50s to 70s. The timelines are kind of like not entirely important. They're like rough timelines. Um, and they came here to lay the grid work, basically, um, to set the energetic tone for the next two waves of star seeds who would come in. And indigo children are like very against authority. They could because they hate injustice. So they fight against authority. They have like a huge warrior spirit in the best way. Like they really fight for the underdog. And these are kind of like the people in, in like the hippies of the 60s, like 100% indigo children saying it's all love, man, because literally we are all love consciousness, the majority of us. And um, they are, they incarnated on the earth to break down systems um, and laws that weren't serving the unity of humanity. And they also brought in like some technological advancements as well that were necessary they're really, really sensitive, psychic, but don't necessarily like love having their gifts because they, they find it very um, hard to operate in the physical world. Then the second wave um, who began coming in the 90s are the crystal children. And crystal children are easily identifiable through their eyes. They have really big eyes and you can see this kind of like crystally sparkle in them i guess you can say um, because their crystalline dna is activated or you'll see this once their full crystalline dna structure has been activated um, and they're super loving and like 
really gentle kinds of souls. Um, they're very clairvoyant. Uh, indigo children are also very clairvoyant. Crystal children have this as well. Um, and they they can see like through all of it. So they have easier times releasing the perspective of duality. Crystal children really shut down whenever there's a lot of like heightened negativity, a lot of yelling, just like a lot of like negative emotions, violence, abuse, because they're really here to bring like peace and love to the planet. Like they're very calm, very kind, like very, very gentle souls. And they have a hard time in like typical classroom structures because it's just, it's not the way that they remember learning because these are souls that will come from other star systems. So it's just like the structure, the learning education system here just doesn't really fit in with them. It's been said that if you're an indigo child and you spend time with a crystal child, you're going to see your your gifts enhance because crystal children are more activated in their crystalline DNA than the indigos. And from my understanding, it's because the world wasn't as energetically dense when they were born. So they didn't have to like lose as much of that DNA as the indigos did being the first wave. And then souls that have been born um, from the 2000s and onward and are going to be born uh, for the next couple of decades actually are the rainbow children. And they are actually the children of crystal parents. So they're going to have an even higher vibrational energy. They're going to have even more crystalline DNA from the time of birth. And what's really, really beautiful about crystal children, or no, not crystal children, about rainbow children is that they're very old souls, but it's their first time incarnating on earth. Um, and they're like ready, they're eager, they're here to do it, but they're also just so different because they're so pure, so gentle, like so, 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 so pure. And um, they're really, really strong manifestors. Um, basically anything that they think kind of like happens, obviously within the laws of interdimensional metaphysics, but it's fine. Um, they're really fearless. They can be kind of hyperactive. And they're very, very creative typically. They have really, really strong healing telepathic abilities. And they're always going to like find work that helps other people. So that's kind of the different waves of star seeds that have come into the earth. And I mean, they're not going anywhere. The star seeds are not going anywhere. They are here to help humanity achieve its collective ascension and I think that if you have been resonating with all of this you're being called to tap in more you're being called to tap into your soul more do more meditation do more journaling do more introspection try to get yourself out of the soul amnesia that's is this is something I also help with in my coaching if you're like really wanting to remember who you are and why you came to earth um, and what your mission here is as a starseed, I can absolutely help with that. But um, really the best way to do it on your own is to meditate every single day, um, work through your shadow work, work through ego transcendence, go through the, your, your dark night of the soul, because the only way you're going to figure out who you are is if you unbecome all the versions of you that you're not. So these are all the different kinds of starseeds now. 
We did talk a little bit about what life is like in these higher dimensions. So those would be horizontal dimensions where life can be physically different than here, where we are um, changing things more so vertically and kind of horizontally at the same time, but it's going to take time to see that horizontal shift. Um, So I hope that you did enjoy this episode. I hope that you have found this informational. I hope that you have found it interesting. I hope that if you're a star seed, you feel a little bit more heard, a little bit more seen because you're not alone. There are literally billions of us on the planet, so don't you worry. And your soul family is always with you. Even if you can't hear them, can't remember them, can't see them, they're always with you. They're always rooting for you. They're always protecting you and trying to move you along your path. So pay attention to you know, numbers when you see them, angel numbers, different other, other different synchronicities that you keep seeing. Keep your eyes open for that uh, because that's how they're going to start communicating with you and how your higher self is going to start communicating with you. Um, And that's going to really help you move along your path and into soul purpose. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and this information. It's really honestly one of my favorite topics to talk about. So hopefully we will talk about it a little bit more. But um, yeah, I will see you guys in the next one.